When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's okay to sell right now. You don't have to buy what people are selling if you're in a tough spot yourself, but you shouldn't feel guilty for selling. It's okay. You don't have to give everything away for free. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast and happy Friday. I'm going to go ahead and read an iTunes review to kick off the show and then we will get into the episode. So this one comes from SRBACC. Um, sorry, I don't know your name. Apple does this weird thing where it gives you these shortened usernames. So anyway, uh, the review is titled Great Content. And this person says, I came across this podcast after searching on YouTube freelancing tips. And after watching a few of Latasha's videos, I was hooked. Latasha's content is exactly what I needed to hear after quitting my job. The podcasts are clear and concise and sharing experience in a concise way. I definitely recommend So thank you so much, S-R-B-A-C-C. I appreciate your review so much. Like I said in the last episode, this show is completely self-funded. I don't take advertisements on the show at this point. So your review is the best way to just kind of chip in to this virtual community fund. I guess you could say it really helps out a whole lot just by being able to get more guests on the show and, you know, get, get more listeners and of course grow the community. I also am going to take a second to plug my video content creation course since they mentioned finding me via video. This is exactly what I mean. And this is exactly why I created my brand new micro course. It's just a short mini course. It's only $15 through the rest of May. I'm going to have it in the show notes, or you can go to latashajames.com slash course and find it there. I created this course for this exact reason. A large majority of my business leads, of my coaching clients, of my podcast listeners, et cetera, et cetera, find me through YouTube. It's a wonderful search engine. It's a wonderful content marketing investment, investing in video. So I I feel like everybody should have some kind of a video strategy. I'm, I'm really passionate about it. So I walk through how to create a strategy, a content strategy, how to actually shoot high quality videos. I share all the equipment I use and so much more. 15 bucks, latashajames.com slash course. And with that, let's get into the episode. Okay. Uh, so I wasn't sure what to record for this week's episode, to be honest. Um, I, I typically batch record my episodes. They're very structured. And you guys may have noticed if you're longtime listeners of the show, one, I skipped a week, a couple of weeks back Two, I've been doing pretty much all solo episodes these past few weeks. I haven't been doing interviews and, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's bad, but uh, I have to be really honest about the reason that this show just kind of hasn't been a super big priority for me. And that's because I've been suffering from burnout and I've been looking at what some of my peers and some of my mentors and mentees and just other people in the space have been posting. And it seems like a lot of people are experiencing burnout as well. And then today, while I'm, you know, scrambling to finish up some projects, I ran across an article on my LinkedIn, or maybe it was my Facebook, I don't know, but it's an article from Bloomberg. I definitely recommend you guys all read it. I'm going to link it in the show notes. And it basically said that working from home in the COVID era 
has meant that people have increased their work days by three hours. Now, the article largely goes into more of like a corporate setting and how many people are working from home now when they have typical nine to fives. And they're feeling that pressure of being on, being available to kind of prove that they're working. And also they're getting used to the fact that they don't have a commute time anymore. So they're just hopping on the computer at 7 a.m. All kind of adjustments to working from home that I went through when I first started working from home in my corporate job. And then, of course, again, when I went freelance. But I do think it's kind of had like a trickle down effect, if you will, to freelancers for a number of reasons. I mean, number one, a lot of us have corporate clients. So I have noticed personally that some of my corporate clients who would typically keep like a pretty rigid nine to five schedule, they've been emailing me later at night or earlier in the morning, which is fine. It doesn't bother me necessarily, but I do think that it's kind of slightly disrupted my routine because typically it's like, okay, I have the mornings that are just for me, but if I got an email that came in at midnight or an email that came in at seven, I'm just going to dive right into emails instead of planning out my day, instead of doing my thing. I've also noticed that, uh, you know, working with my partner, he works a, it's, I wouldn't say it's like a quote unquote typical nine to five. He's in radio. So it is still a little bit of a different sort of job, but he still goes into an office typically and he's been home. And so seeing him adjust to those longer work hours has kind of just unintentionally encouraged me to do the same. So anyway, that's one of the reasons why I think that a lot of us are struggling with burnout, but I think there are some other reasons as well. So I just kind of wanted to walk through some things that I've been doing to try to maintain some balance, to set some boundaries and to, of course, avoid and, and fix, I haven't avoided it, but to try to fix my burnout. So as far as maintaining balance, let's start there. So I think it's a really important if you're new to working from home, if you're just dealing with some of the things that I just mentioned, whatever it is to keep a schedule. And I am not extremely rigid with my schedule. I'm not saying that you have to wake up at 7 a.m. on the dot and brush your teeth at 7.05 exactly. Like, no, I'm, I'm not saying that. But it could be something as simple as a turn off the lights time. So I physically try to close the door to my office by a certain time each night. It hasn't been happening recently, but I've been trying really hard to do that. And in, in typical times I do, you know, it's like six or seven and that's, that's, I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm not going to work later than that. It's time for dinner, time to wind down, take a walk, do whatever. But that really helps with balance. Obviously I think that goes without saying, I do also even schedule in certain activities for my day. So I'm one of those like <laughs> weirdos who has lunch on her calendar. I, I put a calendar block on my calendar every day for a lunchtime because I give my coaching clients the availability to schedule meetings with me. People can book discovery calls with me. I don't want them scheduling it over my lunch. And then, you know, I'm backed up on calls all day or have a bunch of projects to finish and I don't have lunch that day. That's a really good way to throw your balance off. I need a good hour to cook my food, eat my food, and also just kind of have some relaxation time, whether that's just watching a YouTube video or taking a walk or whatever it is. I also schedule in things like email checks. And this is something that's been kind of new for me. And definitely in this past couple of weeks, I've had to do this. I do not check my email all day, every day. And that used to be like a very, uh, I don't know, it used to be something that I did all the time. I just constantly be on my phone, refreshing, refreshing email. I don't want to miss anything. And I think this goes into a point that I'm going to make later, but that's like a scarcity mindset, like feeling like you have to capture every single email. The second that it comes in is, 
you know, it's, it's a bit of scarcity mindset, right? That's me feeling like that's the only opportunity I'm ever going to have. This person is interested in my services. So I need to be available for them the second that they say they want to talk. And that's just not how it works. I have realized because I think when, when this COVID stuff has kind of first happened, I think a lot of freelancers went into a bit of a bit of panic mode, to be honest, where maybe maybe I shouldn't say panic mode, but hustle mode. And I was like, I need to work as much as I possibly can, because who knows what's going to go on with the economy after this. And I might not get work for, you know, who knows how long. So I need to hustle, save up money. So I am not in a bad financial position. And I think a lot of us did that. And then we're realizing things haven't slowed down or at least knock on wood, not really for me. And even if they've slowed down in some areas, they've picked up in other places I've noticed. So it's a good way to get overwhelmed by being available for every single inquiry that comes in. So my point is I check my email in the morning and usually after lunch and then again before I shut down my computer. So I'm not checking it all day. So if you if you email me probably at, you know, two o'clock, I probably, I probably am not going to get to it till five. Um, same thing for Slack responses. So I'm in a couple of different Slack groups for clients. And I mean, I do keep my Slack on my computer. So I do get notifications for it during certain hours only, I think like nine to five or eight to six or something like that. My do not disturb on my phone is on after that. So, you know, if something does come through at 630 on Slack, I'm not going to get to it till the next morning. But even with the things that I see and the notifications I get, I'm pretty selective about when I respond to them because you know, if somebody's asking me a question, yes, of course, I'm going to respond to it. But if somebody just posted a funny meme or something, like I can get, like, I can respond to that when it's my email check, my Slack check, check time. Not everything requires an immediate response because it's a break in concentration and it can lead to, you know, an hour long conversation. And then next thing you know, you're behind on your work and it just becomes this whole thing. So that's what I do. Same thing for social media messages. A lot of you guys notice maybe if you've ever DM'd me, I do try to respond to DMs, but I don't respond quickly, to be honest. That's why I have in my Instagram bio, if you have a business inquiry, email me because that is the best way to reach me. And it's not that I don't care. It's not that I don't want to be social. It's just that, again, you know, one DM can turn into many, many, many hours down the drain. So that's what I've been trying to do for balance and of course, just scheduling in fun things. I mean, it's really hard to do when we are kind of cooped up. But I know one thing that I talked about on my Instagram stories recently is I'm going to start up my second channel again, which I used to do vlogging on. And I was like, oh, I'll just do vlogs on my main channel now. And then my main channel just turned basically into strictly business. And when I do post something that isn't business related, I almost feel this weird guilt. Like I feel like I'm bothering people and it's, you know, it's this weird thing and with this weird pressure to constantly be delivering hyper value. And some people asked me about my wedding planning since I did recently get engaged and I was like I'm not gonna put it on my main channel and you know it started this whole idea of well maybe I just do a little bit of fun stuff a little bit of wedding planning a little bit of you know uh, makeup or whatever is interesting me that week on my second channel so that's just something that I'm doing for fun that channel is not even monetized so I, I can't even really make money off of it and I think it's important to have something like that to have a hobby just a true hobby you know during times like this so that yeah, when I do want to still feel productive or want to still be doing something, not just sitting and watching TV, I can have something else going on. 
Okay, let's talk about boundaries. So like I said, I definitely recommend you guys check out that Bloomberg article. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. And one of the things that they talked about was employees are feeling this pressure to be constantly available, even on the weekends. It gave the story of this guy jumping out of the shower to get on a meeting. Like, you know, just very, very um, unreal expectations. And I think that we've all felt that in, in one way or another. And so this is just more of kind of a tip for anybody who is managing people and anyone who has contractors, freelancers. I've always done this. I don't, I try, I mean, I don't want to say I, I never have, cause I'm sure somebody will be like, um, actually there was that one time you emailed me <laughs> late at night, but I try really hard not to send emails late at night to my team or on the weekend, unless I know that they primarily work on the weekend. I have had people who work for me that are students. So maybe they do do a lot of work on the weekends and that's okay. But normal situations, I schedule my emails. So if I have a thought in my mind when I'm laying in bed at 1130 at night, I type up that email and I, in Gmail, you can just schedule the email. So it'll go out at seven or eight or 9am the next day instead of, you know, my freelancer laying in bed in their home and doing that nightly email check that we all do and we all shouldn't be doing, but we all do. And then getting stressed out by my email if it's a question or something I need them to do. So that's just a tip for anybody who does manage people you know, people are going through a lot right now. And I think anything that we can do to kind of make things a little easier on them helps. Now, I also, like I said, you know, I I keep those schedules. I don't check my email 24 seven. I'm not on Slack 24 seven. Like, and you might need to have conversations with people. Obviously you have to know the relationship. You can't just go, go rogue and like go MIA. But if you have had that relationship and that was your process before COVID happened, in my mind, nothing should really change. Again, depending on, you know, the industry and, and, and business, how business has changed for you guys. But if everything's the same business-wise, and if you're feeling pressure now to be a certain way, you may need to have a conversation with somebody. I also have been really forcing myself to say no a lot more. This week, it didn't go so well. <laughs> this week, it didn't go so well. And that is why I'm burnt out. Because... I have been saying yes, not just projects, but favors, a lot of favors, a lot of just extracurricular kind of things. And it's put me a little bit behind. So let me, let me give you some examples. So one thing I've noticed is a lot of people who work typical jobs, they're actually feeling like they have more time since they're at home or they at least have more flexibility to do something like a lunch and learn, live stream, or the, you know they can finally start their podcast or whatever the case may be. And so I'm getting a lot more requests for those kinds of things to come teach something or come be interviewed or, or whatever. And you guys, I love, I mean, one of my favorite things ever is being a guest on podcasts. It's so fun because I love podcasting, but I don't have to do any of the prep work. So don't get me wrong, please. Like if you want me to be on your podcast, please ask me to. But what I need to be better about is saying, yes, I would love to be on your podcast. This week is crazy for me though. How about three weeks out? How about the first week of June? Whatever it is. And I haven't been doing that. I've been like, yeah, sure. What do you need from me? Do you want me to saw my right arm off as well? Um, It's been really, I I don't know. I've always been a people pleaser, but I think right now there's this weird sense of urgency for everything that's going on. And I need to just remind myself, most of the things that I talk about in podcast interviews are, are pretty evergreen. You know, you don't need to do this today or right now. 
and also just favors. I've had a lot of people finally saying, hey, I'm, I'm finally writing my book or I'm finally uh, starting my podcast or my YouTube channel. Do you think you could review something for me or check this out and give me some feedback or, hey, I started up this new software, this, you know, this new platform or tool or resource. Do you want to test it out, beta test it and give me some feedback? I don't have time. I mean, I know that sounds so cut and dry, but I just don't. I don't have extra time right now. I I consider not doing this podcast today. I'm barely having time to do this today. So that's okay to say that, you know, you're not a bad person for being busy. And you also don't need to have no time. Like that doesn't have to be the answer. You can just say no to things too. No is a complete answer. It is a complete sentence. Uh, If I want to use my extra time to stare at the wall or rest more or watch TV or catch up with my family virtually because I haven't seen them since Christmas, I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed, you know, I don't need to be productive at every second of every day or doing favors for people at every second of the day. And you don't have to either. And if those people truly respect you and care about you, they're not going to take offense to that. They're probably going to understand. So definitely push yourself to say no or not right now or here's an alternative or ask me again in a month. Speaking of that, speaking of favors and all that good stuff, you really don't have to give everything or even anything away for free right now. I've noticed a lot of people being very generous and and I've been doing some some freebies and some deep, deep discounts on different things. I'm discounting my uh, signature coaching package. Well, it's almost, I'm almost booked up now, but I have spots for about two more people in the next couple months. I discounted that by $400. You know, I've seen a lot of things going for free or for super cheap or giveaways, things like that. And that's wonderful if you can do that. If you are in the position where you do feel like, you know what, let me build a longer table. I I have enough right now. Let me kind of spread some of that love or let me occupy some of my time. If you are finding yourself with more time or for whatever reason that you're doing it. For me, I just am like that. I just feel like, you know, I'm one of those people who, if I do have a lot and I know that other people are struggling a little bit, I'm going to try to even that playing field as best as I can, or at least a little bit. But this is one of the reasons why I always advise people don't just copy, you know, don't just copy what, you know, throwing a name out there, Amy Porterfield is doing because her and I are very different people. Okay. Her and I, our bank accounts are probably very different. Our teams look different. Our resources look different. Our revenue models look different. It's not fair for the expectation to be a brand new coach or content creator or podcast or whatever it is to be giving away the same level of things that people who've been in this game forever have been doing. It's just not fair. And I think that I've even kind of just been feeling like we, we have to stop that expectation as well as consumers because not everybody's in the position where they can do that. And that's okay. And that's why I've said multiple times, I did a YouTube video on this. It's okay to sell right now. You don't have to buy what people are selling if you're in a tough spot yourself, but you shouldn't feel guilty for selling. It's okay. You don't have to give everything away for free. Here is me giving you my permission. And if you do want to give something away for free, try to make it something that is not taking up your time. So I deeply discounted my new course. Like I said, it's only 15 bucks, but that's a course. So I did the work already and it's there. You sign up for it. There's little to no manpower behind that. I mean, once in a while, I'll have to deal with some support emails or some technical issues or something like that. But for the most part, it's set it and forget it. So that is not taking time from me. That's not adding to my burnout. 
So if you do want to, you know, help out the community, give something away for free, make it something like that. Don't make it like you're getting 20 hours of free coaching because I'm telling you, that's going to be tough and you're going to end up resenting that gift that you're giving. And that's, you know, you don't want to resent that. All right. So we've already kind of talked about this a bit, but let's talk a bit more about how to avoid burnout besides the other things that I've just mentioned. You know, I think it really comes down to cultivating an abundance mindset. When this first started, a lot of us went into scarcity mode. We went into kind of survival mode and we started to feel like there might not be enough. There might not be enough business. There might not be enough demand. There might not be, you know, X, Y, Z. And I think some of that is valid, right? You have to think with both your heart and your head. You can't, <laughs> you can't run a business with one or the other, in my opinion, And so I think it's okay to be cautious. I think it's really smart to be cautious. Again, I am hustling a little bit. I am, you know, taking on a little bit more than typical. I'm uh, offering a couple more offers that are a little bit more accessible for more people just to increase that volume. I'm putting out more content than I usually am. Yes, I'm increasing my workload a little bit just to be safe, to make sure that I am saving as much money as I can, you know, just in case things do go a little bit weird for a little while. But... You also have to realize in the back of your head, listen, the world has been through some crazy things. And do you know what's happened? The world has always recovered. Talking to the world as a whole, obviously, yes, I know that some people have some people have lost their businesses. Some people have not survived, you know, and obviously I'm not speaking about physically. That is a very serious concern. Please be safe wash your hands, wear your mask. I'm talking about the financial side of things. That's that's a little bit more up in the air right now. Nobody really fully, fully knows. And I'm not an economist, but I do know that the world, like I said, has always gotten through things. And maybe that does mean that you're going to end up pivoting. I've already, it's funny, I, I get mad at myself for doing this, but at the same time, I get excited because I've already been thinking way outside of the box. I just bought another domain name last night because I had this mid-shower idea, which to me, it seems brilliant. It feels really brilliant. Couldn't believe the domain was available. Couldn't believe the Instagram was available. Bought it. And I'm working on the business plan for that someday. So I get mad at myself because this is not helping to my burnout, right? But my point is, I do think times like this cause innovation. They cause us to think differently. They, you know, that idea for me came from the fact that I was so tired yesterday and knew that I had to wake up at six o'clock this morning to get the rest of my stuff done. And I was like, there has to be a better way. There has to be another more passive type of thing that I can do or a higher ticket uh, audience that I can tap into. And so that's where this idea came from. And of course, I'll let you guys know about it when it comes to fruition, but that won't be for a while. But anyway, my point is, innovation, innovate, pivot, think differently if you have to, but be of the mindset that there is enough. There is, there really is. Somebody always needs something. And I think that a lot of us get stuck in what's worked before in our old ways. And there are industries that are thriving right now. There are industries that are thriving. Jeff Bezos is on track to become a trillionaire after this is all done. The world, I think it's the world's first, right? The world's first trillionaire. I mean, that is wealth. I don't even understand. I cannot even contemplate. So how can you take that and use that to your benefit? Listen, obviously, none of us are Jeff Bezos, let's be honest. But 
maybe you can realize that people are shopping online a lot. So maybe you can do some type of an e-commerce shop. Or if you're doing marketing consulting like I do or whatever it is, reach out to people in the e-commerce space, specifically Amazon sellers. Lots of people are making money on Amazon right now. I, I try not to shop on Amazon too much. Personally, I try to shop smaller when I can, but honestly, Amazon has been one of the most convenient places for me to shop during this whole pandemic because it has, you know, still been around. It's still been open. So think about that stuff. That's just one avenue, right? We've clearly seen how essential grocery workers and grocery stores, neighborhood grocery stores are in this whole pandemic. So how can you support them? How can you maybe innovate and do some cool food delivery stuff in your town? I mean, there's so many different things that you can do. Not to mention, if a severe economic downturn happens and it's, you know, as severe as a lot of people are thinking, freelancing is likely going to grow because companies are still going to need people to run ads for them and create content for them, but they might not be able to pay full-time people anymore. So likely they're going to be coming to us, coming to freelancers. So take care of some of that foundational stuff. Make sure your website's up to date. Make sure your portfolio is looking good. Make sure that you are soaking up as much knowledge as you can and figuring out how to tap into those maybe more traditional kind of corporate companies. So there is enough. There are ways. If you're an entrepreneur, you are resourceful. I know that. I have always known that about myself. I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I'm smart, I guess, but I don't think I'm much smarter than the average Joe, just being honest. But what I do know is that I I grew up poor and we survived. We survived in like random ways. Like, I mean, we did a lot of random stuff to get by. And I think that was kind of ingrained in me. And I am a very resourceful person. If you give me a hundred dollars, I'm going to stretch that $100 and I'm probably going to make some money on it. And I think that's the gift that entrepreneurs have. You have that gift. The world is waiting for you. And you know, there's enough. So what does that mean, really? I mean, it means not biting off more than you can chew. It means, sure, maybe increasing your output a little bit, like maybe like 5 or 10%, but not doubling your workload. And especially not doubling your workload without doubling your income. Because I found myself doing that <laughs> this week. Like I said, I found myself taking on some really small projects. And I was like, why am I doing this? I'm essentially paying money to work on this project right now. And that doesn't make sense. You know, I'm losing money because I'm losing time. So don't do that. It means outsourcing. You know, if you do find yourself with higher demand, don't just hoard that work essentially where you're like, okay, cool. I'm making a lot more money, but I have no time to enjoy that money. Again, I'm telling you right now, I grew up without a lot of money and I will tell you really and truly money does not buy happiness. And I will tell you, you can work yourself to a point of resenting your business. You can work yourself to a point of not even knowing why you're doing this in the first place. Money really does no good if it's just sitting in the bank and you can't spend it on anything, right? Like, yes, I'm a saver, but like, I still want to do something. I still want to enjoy it to some extent. Um, So yeah, I would source hire somebody. And that's another way that you can sort of pay it forward. If you are one of those people who's feeling like, oh my gosh, how can I help the business community? 
well, you can hire someone. You can hire a VA. You can hire a writer. I have decided that I'm going to really focus on my content marketing for my business, Jameson Park. So I've hired a writer to start pumping out some new blogs for that website, which is awesome. And it feels good. Yes, I'm spending a little bit of money, but I'm giving somebody a job and I am uh, also building my website again for if that downturn does happen as severely as people are predicting and people start searching for the things that I offer. Um, refer people. Refer people to people in your network. It might not mean that you're getting a referral bonus. It could just be out of the kindness of your heart, you know, and that stuff comes back to you. Every time that I've referred someone to another freelancer or business owner, I've, I have without asking for it or without wanting that necessarily to be the result, I have always gotten something in return. Maybe that is compensation, but more often than that, it is a referral in return. I'd never ask for that. That's not the point of me doing it, but it it's just kind of a community thing and it is nice to do. Uh, so yeah, if you're too busy, if something is below what your rate is and you know that there is an entry-level freelancer, somebody who's reached out to you before and had questions or something that maybe you can refer that person to, do that. It, it, it'll help both parties, all parties involved really. All right. So that is how I have been trying to deal with balance, boundaries, burnout, I just really encourage you guys to take care of yourselves. Yeah, it's just been kind of a weird time for a lot of people. And I just want us to remember that it is okay to feel what you're feeling. You know, I was I was talking to my mom recently and she was asking me how I was doing. I was telling her I was really busy. And she was like, oh, that's so good that you guys are busy because so many people are out of work. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree with that. And that's something I struggle with all the time is like feeling guilty for feeling burnt out because, oh my gosh, my business is thriving. Like what a problem to have, you know? But at the same time, two things can be true at once. I can be grateful that I have work, grateful that there is abundance in my life, but I can also realize I maybe need to tone it down just a tad and take care of my mind, my body, and my soul. It's like that saying, I didn't make this up, but it's, you know, just because there's a a guy in a full body cast sitting next to you doesn't mean that your broken arm doesn't hurt right? So it's it's okay. It's okay to feel a little bit burnt out. You do got to take care of yourself because you're no good when you crash and burn. I have done that many times, physically crashed, you know, gotten myself sick. And especially in these corona times, it's important to stay on top of your health because a low immune system is not good right now. And stress causes that. Uh, it lowers your immune system. Sorry, I'm done. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please leave me a review. If you did say hi on Instagram, let me know that you're listening. You can tag me at the Latasha James. And I think that's it. All the links will be in the show notes. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. I'm Latasha James. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to review it on iTunes or share it with a friend. This podcast is all about community, so you can also go ahead and head over to the Facebook group. It's called the Freelance Friday Podcast Community, or follow me on social. My handle is the Latasha James across all platforms. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode, and like I said, feel free to share it with a friend, tag a friend, screenshot the episode, and tag a friend. It really helps us grow this community, and my goal is to help as many people through this collective community become better freelancers and more empowered freelancers. So that's it for the episode. I'll talk to you in the next one. It airs every single Friday. I'll talk to you again then.